Welcome to First State Insights, a podcast presented by the University of Delaware's Institute for Public Administration. My name is Sean O'Neill, and I'm a staff member at IPA. I'll be your host for this episode. Thanks for listening. On today's episode, I'm joined by Phil McGinnis, Managing Director of McGinnis Commercial Real Estate located in Dover, Delaware. Phil's real estate work covers all property types in all three counties of Delaware, but he specializes in non-residential properties and is focused primarily in Kent County. Phil has served as chairman of the Delaware Council of Real Estate Appraisers and has been active in both Delaware and National Realtors Associations. Phil has also spoken at a number of events hosted by IPA in the past, including some of our local government training sessions that have focused on real estate topics such as the housing market. With over 30 years of experience, Phil is one of the most knowledgeable people you'll find when it comes to real estate in Delaware, but especially in Kent County, which will be the focus of our conversation. This conversation is the third in a series focusing on real estate trends throughout Delaware, and I hope you'll go back and listen to my conversations with Preston Shell and Rich Hall covering Sussex and Newcastle County. Let's get to the conversation. Happy to be joined today by Phil McGinnis. Uh, he is, as he was just telling me, president and uh, CEO and chairman of the board and everything else of uh, McGinnis Commercial in Dover, Delaware. You were mentioned you also have an appraisal company. Is that right, Phil? Yeah, Dover Consulting Services. Uh, we've been doing appraisals all throughout Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey since uh, 1984. Great. So, that ties right into what I wanted to ask you right off the top. If you can tell me a little bit about your business and kind of your history in Delaware. Yeah, we, uh, McGinnis Commercial Real Estate Company is actually a successor company. Uh, We started out as Nate Cohen Realty way back in the 50s. My dad got his real estate license in 1962 or three. And he joined Nate Cohen Realty and they became partners. And then he got his broker's license sometime in the late 60s. They became Alpha Real Estate Company in the late 70s. I finished college in 1980 and I came down and I joined the firm. Nate left early 80s. We had a Realty World franchise because my dad really thought that we could sell houses. I didn't think that that was a good idea, but I wasn't the chairman of the board, the president, the chief bottle washer in those days. So we had a Realty World franchise, and then uh, we finally closed all that down in uh, the early 90s and concentrated on McGinnis Commercial Real Estate Company. And, you know, pretty much all we do is commercial work. I do some residential brokerage for clients, but not too much. Uh, I don't understand that segment very well. So we manage and we uh, lease and, and sell all sorts of non-residential. Uh, most people buttonhole commercial is what they think of retail or office, but we do non-residential. So we do farms, industrial. Well, we do multifamily residential too, but I, I don't do too much single family residential. So you were sort of uh, born into the business or originally from the Dover area? I am an SOB, uh, <laughs> son of broker, exactly. Um, you know, my dad came to uh, Dover in the early 50s, he ended up in a grocery store business, and um, ultimately he got a real estate license. And so, yeah, I followed him into the, the real estate brokerage in 1980. So I've been doing this 41 years, in fact, 41 years next month. So. 
I wanted to to ask how has the pandemic impacted your business that you just described and real estate overall in Kent County? It's I'm not going to say earth shattering. Uh, it's created difficulties. You know, generally speaking, for brokerage, uh, it creates a whole other environment with um, personal showings versus virtual showings and social distancing and that kind of stuff. It hasn't impacted me in the non-residential brokerage quite as much. Mm -hmm. For the residential folks, there are sellers who don't want strange people, prospective buyers. Mm-hmm. coming in their house um so that you know that makes it difficult uh we appraise houses and so we have had uh situations where and you know, we couldn't get into a property to do an inspection because the seller didn't want strange people or the owner didn't want mm-hmm. strange people in or whatever mm-hmm. um and we have had situations where um we've waited for appointments so the seller could leave the house, go run errands or whatever, then we could get in and do whatever it is we needed to do and get out in time. Um, you know, so it, it creates some logistical problems. From a sales standpoint, we're waiting for that to shake out a little bit. There are transactions going on, so it hasn't been devastating, but we're in the non-residential segment, we're not really busy. What we're starting to see is a little contraction in the office market because uh, you know, I've got one tenant that's due up for renewal in May, and they've asked for a year extension before they get a five-year renewal. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to bounce right into the five-year renewal. They asked for a year uh, to see what the next year was going to do before they exercised their five-year deal. So, you know, I'm expecting to see some office fallout. And the office market's been soft in Kent County anyway uh, for the past 10, 12 years. But um yeah, and then uh, the residential market's really, really hot at the moment, and mm-hmm. certain segments of it are, you know, the lower end, uh, the 175s to the 250s or so, they're selling all the live long day. Mm-hmm. And as the price breaks increase, then the number of transactions are fewer. And is that specific to Kent, kind of the that um, what you were just saying about the housing market? I, think, I know in, in other parts of the state, I've heard, you know, slightly different that kind of higher end homes are, are selling faster? Well, you really have, we have three counties, but we have three market areas. Kent County is a market area mm-hmm. versus Newcastle, uh, really the above the canal is a market area that's distinct from everywhere else in Newcastle County. And Southern Newcastle County probably mirrors other than Middletown probably mirrors Kent more so than anything else. Mm-hmm. And in Sussex, you have the beach area. And so Western Sussex sort of mimics Kent County and the beach area is different than anything else, anywhere else mm-hmm. that I've ever seen. My golly, uh, even the <laughs> beach market when the great recession in 2009 and 10 and 11, uh, the correction in 12 and so forth, the beach market never missed a beat. Everybody yeah. else was foreclosing and dying. Line, I mean, it was awful. And the line just moves further east, is what I've heard. Right, that's all that happens during the the recessions or contractions. Is that rather than looking out to maybe one thirteen, people start looking closer to Route One, um, which I don't know if that's true anymore. But that's kind of what I've heard in the past. Well, the line's probably moving west because 
the beat, the, the resort area seems to be growing to the west where the available land is. But, you know, so you can't, there, there is no, absolutely no uh, correlation between what happens at the beach and what happens anywhere else, maybe in America, uh, <laughs> but at least in Delaware. And then Newcastle County, the same sort of thing. Um, you know, Newcastle County is a, a major metropolitan area and a major employment center, and they've got Amtrak and SEPTA and airports and all kinds of stuff. And so uh, those markets are distinctly different, but uh, and and there are different pr- price points too in Newcastle County. But I think what we've seen, and you know, I don't broker residential, but I appraise it. And so anecdotally, what I'm getting is that people are leaving the high density metropolitan areas, Philadelphia, North Jersey, New York, even, and moving down to mid-Atlantic states, uh, South Jersey and Delaware and even Maryland because of the pandemic. Uh, You know, we're doing a Zoom. That's what all the office people are doing. Government people are working from home uh, because you're a cell phone or a Zoom call or email away. And so we're getting, we're doing a lot of sales to relocating people who are leaving high density, larger markets. So kind of building on that a little bit, you know, wanted to hear your thoughts on future trends kind of coming out of the pandemic, whenever we come out of the pandemic and, you know, thinking about impacts to different sectors like, you know, retail, you mentioned office and housing, you know, also industrial. What do you see the future looking like for, you know, Kent County, but maybe that Kent County, you know, market area that you were talking about south of the canal and Western Sussex, what, what would you see for that market area specifically? And then what would you see for the state kind of across the board on, on all those different sectors? What, what changes can we anticipate? Well, I think, uh, I, you know, every segment of the real estate market is going to react differently to the pandemic. Um, you know, obviously what we're seeing is an uptick in internet shopping. Mm-hmm. So I see the retail market, you know, pretty much, um, there's going to be a big contraction there because you don't need to go to the store. Amazon, my sister-in-law lives across the street from me and that Amazon truck goes by sometimes twice a day. Oh yeah. On Saturday and Sunday when I'm home, <laughs> I notice it twice a day. I mean, I don't. Every I day at my house, evenings. just about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, and the amazing thing, I, I bought something on Amazon the other day. Forgive me for not remembering what is something innocuous. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, trash compactor bags. And, you know, I ordered them in the morning and they were delivered in the afternoon. So, you know, I found that to be, well, exhilarating for one thing, but, um, you know, interesting. So, you know, the retail market's going to contract because, you know, who can compete with that sort of activity? Mm-hmm. The office market, you know, like I said, in Kent County, the office market's been struggling for 10 years. And that's just since the Great Recession, we see fewer people going into business. We see fewer people inheriting businesses. Kent was always a self-employed market, the capital mm-hmm. of the county seat, capital of the state, a big federal presence, Social Security. And, you know, as I mentioned, the FBI, got a big FBI office here. So we, you know, a lot of air base, got a lot of federal offices as well. But with people working from home, 
we're waiting to find out what leases don't get renewed. And I expect the market to take even a bigger hit until we get better transportation, intermodal transportation other than vehicle into Kent County. I, I see that trend continuing. From a residential development standpoint, the population continues to grow. We're going to need housing units. So we're going to have to build. Uh-huh. But interlaced with all of that activity is still a struggle with credit availability. And you can get mortgages, but you got to really, 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 really want one. And that's just the way it is. We, we appraise for home builders and we get, you know, calls to appraise four lots. You know, so you go down, here's a building out a, a continuing subdivision. And we're appraising four lots and I'm, I I don't get it other than the home builders can't get spec money. They only borrow money to build a spec house or two. And, you know, then they'll get money to build a house. So they use the spec house to sell and then they either sell the spec and build another one or they build the sold model. And, you know, that, that's just, it's expensive and uh, inefficient, but that's, still the way the world is. So we're not getting a whole lot of subdivision development. Uh, you know, we're not selling the big farms like we used to. And, and um, unless there's a developer that is willing to do that, and if a developer is willing to, you know, advance the funds and get all the approvals and start the construction on the infrastructure and whatnot, and then sell the lots and groups as he can, but he's selling them on consignment. So I say he, the developer selling the lots on consignment. Uh-huh. So the home builder A will subscribe to buy 20 lots, but he can only take them down, you know, so many at a time. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, for me, the market has been trending a certain way for a while. Anyway, the pandemic sort of exacerbated that trend just a little bit at the moment. And then, you know, we're going to still have to wait and see what happens in the next year or two to get a clearer understanding of what the pandemic meant. As we react to some of these changes, you know, if we think about you know, the decline in the demand for retail space, the decline in demand for office space, maybe what should, you know, planners and policymakers, what should we be doing kind of collectively as a state and, and community to sort of react to those changes? And, um, you know, what do we do with the space that's, that's there? If there's not the demand for it, what does it become? How do we sort of recreate those areas to something that's useful to the community? Well, that was, uh, I think that's a great question because, um, you know, I, the land use planning thing uh, for me has been one of my pet topics for mm-hmm. almost my entire career. And, um, you know, Delaware has traditionally been a segregated use Zoning, I can't remember, is that Euclidean zoning? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. You know, your residential use, uses yeah. will be here and your commercial uses will be here. And, you know, I work a lot with the National Association of Realtors and we do smart growth and mixed use and walkable communities. And these are all, you know, watchwords. And that's sort of the thing that we were working with, complete communities and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the courses that we taught, you know, watching some of the planning commission members from towns and and counties around the state as we taught this, watching their eyes light up, get, you know, such a thrill for me because, you know, they, 
they think in terms of not mixing uses mm-hmm. and then looking at, and especially after the great recession, looking at zombie subdivisions and whatnot mm-hmm. and realizing that there is a way out, you know, mm-hmm. mix up some uses and add some density and, you know, you'll work your way out of it, not just by time, but by, you know, some innovation. So, you know, that's really what I see is more mixed use developments is, is the way the world's going to go. I think um, what I sense in, in Kent County is that we're going to start seeing a little more industrial development, a little more manufacturing. And that's definitely pandemic related. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to Linda Parkowski with the, uh, the local Kent County Economic Development Office. She's now running a study on how much industrial land she has around the railroad tracks because you know, the only rail we have is Conrail and you know, cargo rail. We don't have any passenger rail here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I see manufacturing coming to Kent County because of the low density uh, nature, the, the r- almost rural nature, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, of this market area because they're not going to get shut down. And they're finding cheaper labor here than they are in the larger markets. And, you know, so Linda's worried about resource has to come in and product has to go out. And if all you're going to use is trucks, well, you know, okay, then you might have a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Kent's right on, we got Route 1 interchanges all over the place. So for truck traffic, we can get you right in and right out on your way yeah. to the southeast, uh, southern Atlantic states and right up to the northern Atlantic states and out west as, you know, as well. So that's what I hope to see is, um, you know, because employment at the end of the day drives all segments if your employment's lagging or, or struggling, uh, then everything else, you can't qualify for a loan. You can't buy a house. You have no disposable income. So you don't buy clothes and cars and shoes and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm hoping that's going to be the pleasant surprise out of the, out of pandemic pandemonium is that (laughs) people have discovered that the Kent market is going to be viable and, and valuable uh, under the circumstances. Yeah. And so you mentioned manufacturing, what types of manufacturing, you know, I guess have been thought about or discussed. You know, most of it's uh, assembling really more so than manufacturing, you know, it's uh, we've got food processor looking in the market right now. And unfortunately we don't have any facilities for food processors. I wish we did, but we can build it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's no big mm-hmm. deal. We've got plenty of industrial land. Uh, mostly what we're seeing is, um, refrigeration equipment. We had a guy that, um, builds nylon clothes. It's not like hazmat stuff, but it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. It's a nut. And they actually, I think they spin that material, you know, so it's heavier kind of bulkier item stuff. And that's just, I mean, we're just getting started. So what we're seeing is the need for 15, 20,000 square feet. 30, 40 employees and truck traffic being the the big mode of transportation coming and going. So I'd like to see more. I mean, I press Linda too, and Linda gets it. And we have regular Zoom calls with Mayor Christensen at the city of Dover. And, you know, he gets it too. You know, the market stagnating a little bit because of the pandemic. And we're watching relocation of people coming out of the bigger markets. Hey, look, uh, I can give you an office here for the cheapest rate on the East Coast. 
if you need an office presence and a, or at least an office that at stay at home workers can get to in the in the event you need to have a an office meeting right now and I can give you cheaper housing than anywhere else on the east coast too so uh-huh. you know, a lot of these like software publishing companies and you know companies that remotely work regardless of the pandemic can you know locate here in Kent County Delaware and I can give you a cheaper space than anywhere else and I can give you cheaper housing than anywhere else and I can make your your bottom line better than anywhere else in the country so you know we're hoping to um, get that word out too yeah, definitely. Yeah, Linda's been great. We've worked with Linda at IPA and um, on, you know, freight rail research. And yeah, that's, that's definitely going to be an important topic for us moving forward, making sure that we uh, have the land to kind of develop, make sure that those freight rail networks stay active and uh, viable. So anyway, this has been fun. Phil, it's been great to catch up with you. I, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, and, uh, and all your thoughts. So... Thank it's you always fun much. talking land use planning with you, Sean. Oh, great. I appreciate um, that. Thank you. You get a, yeah. a, a chance to sound uh, some theory uh, and some concept off of guys who get it and understand it. And that's always fun for me. For more information on Phil and McGinnis Commercial Real Estate, please visit their website at McGinnisRealty.com. And for more information on IPA, visit us at ipa.udel.edu. Thanks for listening to this episode of First State Insights. Subscribe to our podcast so that you'll never miss a new episode.